What position player should you be loading up on this year? What second-round receiver should you shy away from? And what rookie running back might have bust written all over him? Plus, in our annual KFFSC preview episode, we have the 2016 overall champ of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, Mark Salinas, and KFFSC Commish Farrell Elliott co-hosting tonight as we look forward to the action in Cincinnati and Louisville. We've got a great show for you. Mark Salinas and Farrell Elliott are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your Eric Balkman Show edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Live from the WRST Radio Studios in beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and heard around the world on the WRST stream. It's the Eric Balkman Show. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My uh, co-host, the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, is off this week. I do have two extra special co-hosts who I will be introducing to you in just one second. Coming up on tonight's show, uh, who is the Titans wide out to draft this year? What do you do with the Cardinals receivers not named Larry Fitzgerald? And what NFC tight end? is about to have his biggest year yet. Uh, We'll also have a couple of special co-hosts. Like I said, Mark Salinas, the 2016 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall winner uh, from last season, will come on, give us his thoughts on what draft slot he likes best this season. And, of course, the commissioner, Farrell Elliott, give us the latest updates on the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Of course, things getting kicked off as far as live events go in Cincinnati tomorrow. Uh, that is Saturday. You'll have, uh, excuse me, this weekend. I believe it's Sunday. Um, the uh, live events taking place in Cincinnati there Totally full, however, the main event still wide open for Louisville and uh, online drafts have already been going on, which uh, yours truly has participated in. Had a lot of fun with that. Maybe we'll get to touch on a little bit of that tonight as well. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Mark Salinas is at FF underscore Inferno. And of course, Farrell Elliott is at KFFSC. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFHour. SFF Hour. If you want to give us a call, it's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. You can also email the show in the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will get to all those chat room questions, tweets, and emails all in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. So that is what is going on tonight. Hopefully it is a uh, menu to whet your fantasy appetite. We're going to take our first break, but when we come back, Mark Salinas, Farrell Elliott, and me, Eric Balkman, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Eric Balkman on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Normally I would say that I'm flying solo here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, but I am not. I have two different co-hosts that I am going to bring in right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the first uh, co-host, of course, uh, a uh, 21-year fantasy football veteran, including six years at the high stakes level while his high stakes fantasy football wins date all the way back to 2012. He actually accomplished his highest achievement last season, winning the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event and the FFPC main event team and $7,500 that went with it. You can find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at FF underscore Inferno, as well as his uh, musings and everything uh, you could possibly want at FantasyFootballKing.com. Mark Salinas, the 2016 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion, overall champ, is welcome into the show tonight, and as well as our second co-host tonight, longtime NFL player agent, also represents musicians like Frederick the Younger, the Quiet Hollers, Kristen Diablo, and many more. He's also the commissioner of the KFFSC in its 16th year, also including other states, other countries, and uh, registration still available for online events as well as the live action in Louisville coming up next weekend. You hear him on the Kentucky Fantasy Football podcast that he hosts with KFFSC player Rob Fetcher. You know him as the uh, unofficial, let's just make it official. He is the official third host of this show. My pleasure to welcome into the show, Farrell Elliott. So Mark Salinas, Farrell Elliott, welcome into the show tonight, guys. So glad to have you on. Greetings from Vegas. I'm sure uh, Mark Salinas is very thrilled to be here, too. Well, listen, the pleasure is is all on this side of the microphone, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight. To have you guys on for our Kentucky Preview Show is uh, a treat unlike any other, and I'm uh, glad to uh, look forward to uh, what we have in store tonight. Farrell, before we talk to Mark about how he took down this title last year, what's the update on Louisville? What's open? What can people still sign up for? You know, Balky, if they can get to me in the next two to three days, we've got room for them. And, of course, online is available until it fills. Our last online draft is the 28th. Our live drafts run through August 25th, or start August 25th at the Horseshoe and and run through the 28th, and there are openings there. Uh, By Monday or Tuesday, I will will have them fill, and and, uh, we'll be full. We'll announce that we're filled, and and we'll just – end up sweeping up with the last few guys that get in the last minute. I, I'm so glad that you drafted already. Mark has drafted a, a main event team already. I'm glad to hear that you guys are enjoying it. And, I, and we're seeing that a lot of guys that, that draft one turn around and, and uh, join another league, which that, that shows that we've got we've got good competition. Uh, our drafts are running about two hours online, and we're, we're happy to build that business with – with people that just don't have the time to break away from family and commitments to get here, and you know it is a commitment. It is it, it is a uh, an effort. You'll be traveling from Wisconsin. Mark will be making uh, his first trip to draft live here after winning online. He'll be coming in from Las Vegas. You know, um, Mark uh, was our first online champion in our 16-year history, and uh, he entered the the league. Uh, championship as a wild card not the first wild card we had 32 wild cards i believe mark was the 22nd seeded wild card he got in there and averaged about 165 points a week and because of that he's won a lot of prizes and has this beautiful trophy that's just waiting for him in louisville kentucky 
Yeah, and it, I would say Kentucky fantasy football drafts are, are much like the Lay's potato chips of the fantasy world. You can never have just one. You've got to get more than one, and, uh, and I, I certainly subscribe to, uh, to that theory as well. Mark, uh, let's, and by the way, anybody who is interested, kffsc.com is the website to go to. Farrell, you want to hit them up with your email and phone number as well? Yes, and I would prefer that they call and text at this late date, Bulky. It's 502-523-5057. The number is uh, listed on the website, too, if you guys did not write that down. So, and uh, everybody definitely uh, text or call Farrell, too, uh, to make sure that because they are filling up so fast, make sure if you want to get in, uh, you are going right to the horse's mouth and getting, uh, getting in uh, through the commission. Uh, Mark, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about you. First of all, when you're not playing fantasy football for a living, uh, excuse me, when you're not playing fantasy football, what are you doing for a living? Uh, well, uh, honestly, right now, I'm just a stay-at-home dad. I was a middle school teacher for a decade or so before I knocked up my wife and uh, had a kid. (laughs) Um, Now, um, well, last year I started substitute teaching, so I'm still doing that uh, for a few select teachers. Uh, I've also got a bunch of uh, side hustles going on here. Um, I'm I'm a fantasy football consultant, I guess you could say, at fantasyfootballking.com, where I, um, you know, there's some clients there who, like you said, just don't have the time to draft or, you know, they have other commitments, so they hire us to draft for them. Well, that's one of my side hustles. Um, also in the uh, Nevada Air National Guard, I'm in the military part-time, um, master sergeant in there. And lastly, I sell vintage G.I. Joes and comic books on the Internet via Etsy, eBay, and Amazon. So actually, I have a lot of stuff going on, but I'm still a stay-at-home dad at heart. Yeah, it definitely side hustles is, is the way to, uh, to sling that. You have a lot of, of stuff going on, and uh, certainly uh, it's even amplified this time of the year with, with all the fantasy drafts uh, that you are participating in as well. Mark, congrats on the big Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship title last year. What do you remember? What can you tell us when you were watching the Week 16 games uh, when you had so much on the line in the KFFSC? Uh, you know, I don't really – remember much um i didn't really i didn't draft a good team um i i had aj green who went down um i think i had andrew luck who was also you know injured and out a few games i didn't really have a good team uh what really helped me out was going big in free agency um i think i took Demonte adams in free free agency uh tyree kill was also a big one in free agency so I was just watching them. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting to win, you know, as nobody is, you know, but, you know, just, you know, it was just there. And here we are today. Yeah, here we are today. And I should point out to everybody, this was the Kentucky main event last year was an event that Dave Gerzak, our very own high stakes fantasy footballer, Dave Gerzak was leading going into uh, the final weekend. And of course, and I don't want to, you know, bring up any bad wounds because clearly the wound is still fresh because Dave is not here tonight, just could not bear to do the show to talk. Uh, to the champion who took the crown from him and the rightful winner, Mark Salinas. Certainly Dave Gerzak would be bending the knee if he were here tonight. However, Mark, uh, it, it was a contest that Dave uh, was leading going into week 16. And then week 16, uh, you know, you end up, I, I don't want to say you came out of nowhere because you were right near the top as well, but you end up 
uh, after Monday night football ends, you end up looking at the scoreboard, see that you were the champion and, and certainly had to sweat out any stat updates, but that had to be a fantastic feeling knowing that you had, you know, in one week taken this thing down. Oh yes, sir. There's one thing about the KFS FSC. I mean, there's hundreds of competitors there and, you know, just knowing that I came out on top, you know, it was just a great feeling. I want to uh, talk to Mark uh, Salinas, of course, uh, is uh, tonight's uh, co-host number one. We're talking to him about his Kentucky title, overall title last year. I want to talk about 2017, Mark, as we shift to this year. Let's talk a little draft strategy. In the KFFSC, where you need to start three wide receivers, uh, and in the FFPC, which you have also been participating in for several years, uh, you can start up to three tight ends should you choose to go that route in a premium uh, PPR format for that position. Do you ever set out to make sure you load up at receiver and Kentucky or tight end in the FFPC is is that is is that ever a conscious effort that you try to do for your teams there? Actually, I do. I, I don't you know start my drafts that way, loading up at one position. I like to start out with some balance. You know, if I go with a running back at the beginning first round, I you know more than likely will take a wide receiver in the second round or vice versa. Um, you know, probably for the first you know four or five rounds, I I do that. But, yeah, after that, you know, say, you know, sixth round, seventh round, you know, 80 or so, I will start, you know, stacking those receivers, especially if it's a PBR league or tight ends where if there's a in an FFPC league where there's a you know, tight end premium, I will start stacking those, but later in the draft. That's interesting. Okay. Well, okay, because I, I always feel like, and Mark, you, you, I think you and I were actually in – um, a Kentucky main event draft already uh, this year. I'm curious to to feel like, are, do you ever feel like if you don't start off with those getting that core receivers, do you feel like you ever spend the rest of the draft chasing them? Because I know sometimes if I don't get those two or three receivers in the first four rounds, say, or, or maybe five rounds, I feel like I'm always behind the eight ball the rest of the way. Uh, so the good thing about receiver, that position is deep. You can go very deep and find you know, sleeper, the cliche sleeper uh, receivers down later in the draft and in, you know, later rounds. Um, I think you can do the same thing with the tight end position as well. Um, there's later round pick. I mean, you don't always have to get, you know, Gronk or Kelsey or Jimmy Graham. Uh, I like tight ends down into later rounds like Julius Thomas, like Austin Hooper, um, and Jack Doyle, if I could get those three tight ends in an FFPC league, then I think we're safe. The uh, conundrum of solving the receiver position in Kentucky and the tight end position in the FFPC is something that we'll always be talking about on this show because it is something that uh, nobody's really solved yet, and you can only hope uh, to do your best when it comes to that. We have... Uh, much more uh, of our best to get to. We have to take a break, but when we come back, more of Farrell Elliott and 2016 Kentucky overall champ Mark Salinas here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Eric Balkman, and my guests tonight are Mark Salinas, the 2016 Kentucky overall champ, and Farrell Elliott, uh, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. We're talking to them, previewing the big weekend that is coming up in both Cincinnati and then next weekend when we, were, we uh, Dave and I, will be broadcasting the HSFF Hour live in Louisville from the Horseshoe Casino. Always looking forward to that as well. We talked a little bit, Mark, 
before the break about uh, receivers uh, in the KFFSC. Out of the pass catchers that you see on the Titans this year, who do you see yourself acquiring the most? Who, which Titans receiver uh, is going to be on most of your teams? Is it Corey Davis, Eric Decker, Rashard Matthews? We'll throw in Delaney Walker in here as well as far as the pass catchers go. Which one of those guys do you think that you'll have the most shares of uh, in 2017? That's a great question. A good thing about the Tennessee receiving situation there is that you can get those guys, you know, kind of later. You know, you don't have to spend a third, fourth, fifth, even sixth-round pick on any of those guys. Um, and not too much, you know, into drafting rookies at this point. So I probably would not have – although Corey Davis is very, you know, he's a talented guy, um, having some problems in uh, training camp right now, but – He'll probably, you know, get his share, but I probably won't have him have him on a lot of my teams. Um, Delaney Walker, he's getting, you know, he's getting pretty old. <laughs> he's getting old. Uh, I believe they drafted another tight end there, Johnny Smith, I believe. And, you know, he's, I, from what I'm reading, he's pretty good as well. Um, now, Eric Decker, he's got, um, you know, he's got some name value there. He probably won some leagues for some players, you know, for some guys, you know, in the past. He's got some name value, but I don't, you know, he's hurt as we speak right now. And, you know, he's got, he's got the hot wife and he's out in Nashville. You know, it, it just seems to me he, he doesn't really need football. So if he, you know, if he's just there, he's just there. So I probably wouldn't take him in too many spots. Um, There's nothing better than at the, there's nothing better, Mark, than a hot wife in Nashville. You know, except for maybe a hot wife in Vegas, as, as you would probably say. But hot wives in Nashville, sign me up for that weekend. It should be the weekend after Louisville. Yeah. But the, the one oh, guy, so, the one guy there, um, the one guy left who I will try and draft almost everywhere, um, Rashard Matthews, coming from the University of Nevada, not Nevada, of <laughs> Reno. Um, he, he actually, uh, he led the uh, team last year, didn't quite make a thousand yards, but he led the team in receptions and yards. Um, not sure about touchdowns, but I'm sure he was up there in the team lead, but uh, Richard Matthews would probably be the one guy I'm targeting in the Tennessee, uh, offense even. Farrell, how do you uh, how do you fall in on that between Davis, Decker, Matthews, Walker? Any of those guys uh, you think will be on any of your FFPC teams this year? I'll get back to that because I think that the the slogan of, of the Mark Salinas teams, both in Kentucky and in the FFPC this year, should be hustlers never work and workers never hustle because he is truly a uh, a wonderful hustler. And, and you know, Balky, I wonder if if Mark who I've had the pleasure of a couple of visits with. I don't go to Las Vegas without seeing Mark Salinas. We are at least lunchtime running buddies, and we usually agree about a lot of things. But, but Mark, I'm on the other side with you on this one. Decker may be banged up, but he'll be ready to play. And I think he's going to have a a renaissance of speak uh, of sorts with his connection with the quarterback. I think he and the quarterback will work very, very well together. I love Matthews as a player, but I think he gives up some of those targets. I've always thought that an excellent receiver coming into a good offense raises everybody's boat, but I just don't think that there's enough to uh, enough to go around. Delaney Walker continues to hold down the tight end position, and I hope 
for better touchdown performance with Delaney Walker. Uh, if he provides that, he could provide the FFPC drafters, especially with with a, a real good uh, flex player. You know, uh, nobody's talking about Taiwan Taylor, but I will every time anyone asks me about Tennessee Titans football. Taiwan Taylor is the guy that will help you win some leagues this year. Uh, get him. Get him on your team or wait for free agency, much like Mark Salinas did, because we had somebody that dropped Devontae Adams, and Salinas goes out there and bids for him, and then he picks up Tyreek Hill, and, you know, we we got trophies and money for him. But, yeah, that's my report on Tennessee. Taiwan Taylor. Uh, And I I will once again play Tajay Sharp there, too. Sorry about that. You also have a Tajay Sharp there, too. yeah, you make a good point. I mean, there are a lot of options in Tennessee. Maybe the beneficiary here, and we're, we're burying the lead, is Marcus Mariota and having all these weapons at his disposal, not to mention mm-hmm. uh, two yeah, healthy exactly. legs uh, this year. So, so maybe Mariota is the play. And once again, I will be playing the role of Switzerland. And I will say, Richard Matthews, 1201 currently in an FFPC, and uh, Eric Decker, the 801. You can actually agree with Mark Salinas and Phil Elliott. Go out and get both of them if you want. I don't know if that's advisable as far as sinking too many eggs in the Tennessee pass-catching uh, basket, but uh, certainly you could do it if you wanted. Mark, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, one of the unique aspects of the KFFSC is being able to use your FAB money or your blind bidding budget on uh, bidding on what draft spot you want this year. I'm curious, what what spot do you, well, let, let's say, A, what spot do you like best this year? Uh, and then, B, uh, as far as how much money you plan on sinking into that when you're bidding for your spot, uh, what spot do you envision yourself getting? Uh, I, I, the number one spot. <laughs> Plain and simple, you know, I got to get David Johnson, who's going to, you know, lead he, – he wants 100 receptions and 1,000 yards rushing and receiving as well. Um, and barring injury, um, he's in, the, in that uh, Cardinals offense where he can certainly do that. So, you know, I'd want to be in the first spot um, in every draft. The thing you got to remember about the KFFSC is that it's a third-round reversal draft where, yeah, after that first two rounds, the last person picking – gets to pick first. I think that's right. Is that right, Farrell? Yes. The number one team will get one and 24, and the number 12 team will get 12, 13, and 25. And that, you know, makes a lot of difference, whether you're at one. In a third-round reversal draft, I probably want pick 12, you know, to get, you know, that in the third round, the best player in the third round as well. So it. In the first round, you really can't go wrong. So, you know, it, it just depends. Uh, you know, I can't really. And Balky, you know, Mark, Mark, you're playing enough teams where you can execute both strategies, which is which is the greatest thing we love about that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I can say too from from my experience when you know I usually draft five or six Kentucky teams uh, in Louisville. I usually like to jump around. Uh, and, and draft at like every different spot of the draft, you know, early, middle, late, kind of, you know, halfway in between uh, middle and early, halfway in between middle and late. And that's, you know, it just always, it gives you a fresh perspective 
um, uh, on the draft and, and how you want to build your team. So I like doing that. I think what's going to be compelling this year is the fact that so many people want one of those top two running backs between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, yet we always see in Kentucky every single year because of the third-round reversal, so many people wait and are willing to pay a premium to draft in that 10, 11, 12 spot. So maybe this year, more than ever, nobody's going to want to go in the middle, and maybe that's where you want to be. And, and we'll talk about you know the, whoever the overall champ is this year. We'll have him on the show next year and say, yeah, it was great. I drafted out of the five spot, and I, I just crushed my draft that way. So it's, it's, it's always interesting to see how that's going to end up, but I think the, the ends are going to be the most uh, expensive prices uh, this year. Let's get back to, uh, to player uh, analysis here. And one of the players that's been pretty polarizing so far uh, in the uh, pre-draft process, and, and obviously uh, since the injury news has come out on him uh, within the last week or so, it certainly hasn't been great. But John Brown, uh, Mark, we, we want to talk about him because it, it seems like this sickle cell thing, uh, they, the Cardinals do not, they're not managing it uh, the way that uh, many of us uh, were expecting or, or maybe hoping them to because it is still a problem. Bruce Arians uh, being frustrated, uh, saying that, you know, if, if, he, if John Brown can't get back, if he can't shake this thing, I don't know how, you know, what his use is to the team. Obviously, if you can't be on the field, you are not um, helping the team win uh, if you're John Brown. So you look at what, what's going on with him this year. If you look at the FFPC uh, ADP, actually, over the last five days in, in, uh, in drafts, he's actually going at the 10.03, so still a double-digit round. But he is falling, and especially based on this news uh, that we saw this past week, uh, I, I expect that to, to fall even further. Do you foresee, Mark, uh, another year in 2017 like we saw from him last year uh, where he just could not shake the injury bug? You know, I, I remember in the spring, beginning of summer, um, John Brown was at a premium. You know, I, in, I'm in a dynasty league where somebody wanted to trade, well, because I have John Brown in dynasty league, and somebody wanted, well, I was, they wanted me to trade for him, and they wanted one of my first rounders. And that's how high, you know, people valued him. And now he's, you know, now with his news of sickle cell disease, it's he's really low. But I, the Cardinals should not miss a beat, even though they are, you know, they're going to be missing John Brown if he, you know, misses any time. They're still deep there. They still have J.J. Nelson and uh, Jaron Brown, who's supposedly the number two receiver there, as you know, as the coach said earlier this week. And I, we can't forget um, Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald. So. Yeah, even if he does go down due to this disease, I don't think the Cardinals will, that offense will miss a beat. Um, J.J. Nelson and, you know, Jaron Brown will probably be some by lows at this point. Yeah, you certainly could look at it uh, from that perspective and, and look at, you know, I had uh, a shameless plug, uh, the high stakes lowdown on, on rotoviz.com this week. Uh, I had uh, Chris Birchby and David Hubbard on. Chris Birchby actually uh, was taught, we were talking about, and I don't want to give too much away, but we were talking about players that, that have depressed values right now. Now, we didn't talk about John Brown, but I think the logic that he applied to these other players certainly can apply here, especially if you're a believer in John Brown shaking this. Like, look at this as a buying opportunity. Look at the uh, option you have of getting these guys on the cheap right now, and John Brown certainly represents that buying opportunity. Uh, we have to get to another break here, but we have much more when we come back. 2016 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall champion Mark Salinas will talk about swinging for the fences and drafts. You are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman, a slightly above average host. I have nothing but the best for co-host tonight. The 2016 KFFSC overall champion, Mark Salinas. The Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner, Farrell Elliott, joining me on the airwaves tonight. And Mark, we talked about uh, earlier at the top uh, about how you didn't have a very strong draft. You, you, uh, you said that it was uh, you know, not the greatest one you've ever did, but you were extremely shrewd and uh, a shark on the waiver wire getting guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill that certainly carried the way uh, and helped you win the overall title last year. So I'm curious when, when you're, when you're drafting this year uh, at what point in the, uh, in the 20 round draft, are you actually, you know, quote unquote swinging for the fences? I mean, do you, do you feel like you ever have to, did you feel like you had to do that last year? Do you feel like you have to do it this year as you get to a certain part of the draft and start taking bigger risks? Now, certainly the risks, will get smaller as the draft goes on and on. But at what point do you start taking a bigger risk trying to get uh, that, uh, you know, catch that lightning in a bottle? Uh, you know, Eric, I, I'm pretty safe. I'm one of those safe guys, you know, quote, unquote, safe guys. You know, I'll follow um, ADP. Um, I'll follow the, full, the, the flow of the draft. You know, if there's a, a QB run or a you know, running back run, tight end run somewhere, I'll, I'll, I'll go and follow. Um, you know, the time to, you know, swing for the fences is, is probably during the, the later rounds. You know, if you have your, your sleepers, sleeper picks, you know, you want to grab those in the later, in the later rounds. Um, it, it, I don't know. I'm just a safe guy. <laughs> I, again, like, as I said earlier, <laughs> in the show, I, I, you know, I draft for balance and, you know, I, I think, like Charles was saying, it's you know you, you go with the flow, and in free agency, you, know, you have that's where you either go big or go home. I, like I think that. you know, I like and it's, it, it, well, I mean, it's a, it's a testament to what we've heard. And Farrell, you can attest to this uh, as as uh, a guy who has talked to a ton of high stakes players, not only in Kentucky but in Vegas as well. You know, these guys who have won four, five, uh, six-figure grand prizes. I, I don't think any of them say, oh, you know, I, I really, really got lucky with, you know, taking such and such in this round. Oh, I, if this guy didn't pan out, I didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. It, it's not so much that you need to, to always be swinging for these home runs, but, I mean, if you're constantly, you know, to, to, I'll talk about baseball since Dave's not on the show tonight, but if you're constantly swinging for contact <laughs> and, and uh, you know, getting, just, you know, sneaking these balls out of the infield, occasionally you're going to bang one off the wall. Sometimes you'll get a triple, you know, and sometimes when you make solid contact, you will hit a home run. You don't necessarily have to be looking for it to hit it, and I think mm-hmm. that's uh, totally true with a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these owners over the years that, you know, you look back on their draft, when it's all said and done, it's just like, that was their draft? That was the overall champ? This is the team that won the whole thing? How is this even possible? Was everybody else asleep? It doesn't make any sense, and when you look at it, the draft <laughs> is a big component of it, but those lineup decisions, the waiver wire, uh, definitely – uh, you know, a very integral part of uh, fantasy football as well as uh, Mark, I'm sure you would attest to. And I want, I want to ask you this too, for anybody who is joining the Kentucky fantasy football state championship for the first time, or maybe the FFPC, you know, dipping their toes in the, in the, the high stakes waters, what's the best piece of advice uh, that you can give a new player this year, Mark? Yeah, I just drafted, I think we just, I think you were in that same draft, Eric, um, on Tuesday, um, the Hail Mary online draft, uh, main event draft. There are some heavy hitters in there. Um, you know, like you were saying, some people who've won more than 
you know, six figures playing fantasy football. So I guess my piece of advice is uh, so don't be intimidated. You know, the, you have, you know, everybody has the same information. Um, so, you know, just don't be intimidated. Also, and I think I've learned this most from you guys, that, you know, the high stakes fantasy football hours, go get your guys. If there's a guy that you mm. like, yeah. go get him. I mean, you're not necessarily swinging for the fences, but, you know, if you want, if you really, really like a guy, then sometimes you don't, I mean, sometimes you have to reach for him, but, you know, you got to get your guys. Just mark that uh, on the tape. Once again, we have an overall champ uh, coming on the show and subscribing to the Go Get Your Guys theory. It is a league winner. It is a championship winner, and I'm so glad uh, that, Mark, you are a subscriber to that. Farrell, for, for somebody who introduces new Kentucky players every single year, meets new FFPC players every single year, do you have anything to add to yep. that, any piece of advice that you would give somebody who said, oh, you know, Farrell, I'm, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to play this main event. Uh, what, what kind of advice can you give me? What can I expect? Mm, you know, yeah, that's that's good, Balky. You know, how many years have we been doing the FFPC now? Is this the tenth year? Tenth anniversary. Eleventh since two thousand eight. Tenth anniversary. How sweet it is. Years. Yep. You know, I was there from day one, and and I I remember ten years ago, I would draft a team, and I would say, you know, I really want people to see how smart I am. You know, I want to take a guy nobody's even heard of because. He's going to be great, and sometimes you you do well with that. Cameron Brait was a guy that nobody was on, a, a tight end from Baltimore a few years ago. Crockett Gilmore, I, no one no one liked him like I did. Uh, I took Austin Colley with the twentieth pick once, but um, he he could have uh, come on in. I could have got him in free agency in week one and week two, and nobody even wanted him then, you know. But he went on to catch some balls. But in in a lot of cases. You end up taking guys that, as Mark says, you, you don't want to throw caution to the wind. And I don't think he's as safe a guy as Mark talks about being. You can see that he's going to spend that free agent money to get that number one pick where he can take David Johnson uh, in one of these drafts. So he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll won't play it safe there, at least in that bidding process when we start. But, yeah, you know, everybody has their own special technique and their own guys. And you don't want to play fantasy football with players that you don't love. Now, you may love them after week one if they go out and perform uh, a little better than your inclination or your perspective uh, made you believe they were going to. But that's what makes it so much damn fun. You know, and it's hard. It's hard work, but it's work to doing because you won't have – you won't have a better time being involved in football. I've been involved in football ever since I walked off the college campus, and fantasy football is a big and enjoyable part of it. So come and play is my advice. And, you know, just like Marcelina, some magic can happen. You get in as a uh, a wild card team, and, uh, you know, we, we probably had, as Mark says, he didn't have the greatest of teams. We probably had 50, 60 teams in the playoffs, who did better in the regular season than he did. He didn't win any money during the regular season, but his team came together in the end, and it was just good enough to get into the playoffs. And that's that's all you have to do, get into the playoffs. And I would say to – and I would say to, to add on to that, Farrell, your thoughts on it, it, it's just like, you know, why, why are we doing a fantasy football podcast? Why are we playing the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship every year? Why do we keep coming out to Vegas and, and drafting the, the FFPC every single year? It's, it's, it's not like, you know, the reason we do it is because it's fun every year. Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you start doing it to, to try something new, to have some, 
some more fun that maybe that you didn't experience before. And like, I can't speak for, for everybody, but certainly I see the same faces in Kentucky every year. I see the same faces in Vegas every year. And it's just like, that's your testament right there. Why do we do it? It's fun. Yes. And your proof is the same guys who are doing it, keep doing it every single year. Uh, so that, that's my soapbox moment on that. I will, uh, I need to get to some emails here because we have so many listeners that, that emailed in and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, leave them hanging, so to speak. So, Mark, uh, I'm going to pitch this first email to you here. Uh, actually, these two emails that I have are specific to Mark, so they will both be pitched to Mark. First one is from Rich in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Hi, Mark. Is there any fantasy value in either Jalen Strong or Braxton Miller for the first month plus of the season until Will Fuller gets back, or are you avoiding that situation in drafts? Thanks, man. That's Rich in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. So, Mark, you look at Will Fuller with the collarbone, who uh, you know was, was doing very well in training camp. Uh, and then uh, he, he will be out some time because of this injury. So in his stead, uh, playing opposite DeAndre Hopkins, you expect Jalen Strong to get a lot of snaps. You expect Braxton Miller to get a lot of snaps. Miller going in the 18th round right now of FFPC drafts. Uh, Jalen Strong lasting until uh, the 2011, so literally the penultimate pick as far as ADP goes in FFPC and football guys drafts right now. Where's the value there? Is it Braxton Miller? Is it Jalen Strong? Is it uh, neither one? Uh, what are you doing in drafts with those guys right now? But you would think a lot of people will be avoiding that situation right now due to the quarterback situation. Um, personally, I'd, I'd like to see Deshaun Watson in there. Hopefully, he gets some. You know, hopefully he wins this job. And he's got a, you know, he's got a great arm. He's got a lot of football smarts. And if he does win that job, I am a buyer. I will buy Braxton Miller and Jalen Strong, especially especially if nobody you know, knows if they're still going that late. I I am a buyer. Um, I mean, you got to think who I mean, out of you still have DeAndre Hopkins there, um, so you got to think of who would you know be the the next best receiver there, um, and I would say it's Braxton Miller. I mean, he was a quarterback in college, and you know I think that you know I, I watched Jalen Strong at Arizona State you know <laughs> you know a few years ago when he was there, I wasn't too impressed, so I would. I would lean Braxton Miller in those later rounds. Yeah, something to keep in mind, too, that, uh, you know, Braxton Miller was, was playing quarterback in, in college and transitioned to receiver here uh, in the NFL. And Jalen Strong been playing receiver a lot longer than that. Still has yet to really show us uh, something. He had that two-touchdown game on Thursday night football, uh, I think it was last year, and really was non-existent before that and non-existent after it. So I think you look at that situation, obviously you're not sinking a, a, a big-time uh, cost in your drafts. I mean, you're talking about not taking Miller until the 18th, not taking uh, Jalen Strong until the 20th. But you look at uh, you know that situation. I, I think that anybody who owns DeAndre Hopkins is rooting uh, for, like you said, Mark, to get Deshaun Watson that job. They want him throwing to Hopkins. Uh, certainly, DeAndre Hopkins uh, wants Tom Savage to win the job. If if we uh, believe his quotes. Uh, that he has been putting out throughout training camp. He really likes Tom Savage throwing to him as well. So I think that Hopkins uh, will obviously uh, have the value either way with uh, either quarterback and, and FFPC players have spoken. I mean, he's still going in the second, third round uh, of drafts right now. Uh, but Miller and Strong, we'll have to keep uh, paying attention to see who uh, comes out uh, ahead, maybe as the season starts. Maybe they don't get drafted in your drafts and you can pick one of them off the waiver wire after week one. Uh, we have to get to uh, our next break. It's our final segment of the first hour of the HSFF Hour. We have much more, though. Mark Salinas, Farrell Elliott, Eric Balkman on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. More after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
The Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Preview episode is here. It is the high-stakes fantasy football hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're talking with the overall champ from last year, Mark Salinas, and, of course, the commissioner, Farrell Elliott. Another email for you, Mark, uh, That before uh, we get into some other stuff here. This is from uh, Dale in Coon Creek, Texas. Uh, greetings, KFFSC champ. Besides the obvious Keenan Allen, is there a dark horse that I should target in the San Diego pass catching core in my drafts coming up? That is Dale in Coon Creek, Texas. Thank you for the email, Dale. There, uh, this is something that we've talked a lot about uh, over the last couple of months on the HSFF Hour, all the different weapons that are in uh, Los Angeles now, I guess, as it were, since the Chargers have uh, moved north. So you have you know, Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates at tight end. You have uh, Mike Williams maybe not playing until October or maybe missing all of 2017. But you also have Travis Benjamin there, Tyrell Williams there. Is there somebody that you are looking at late in drafts, uh, a dark horse, as uh, Dale puts it, in uh, Los Angeles? Well, there's a receiver there. He came from the Canadian Football League. He's the you know, wide receiver four right now. Uh, that's Dontrell Inman. He's, I mean, he's not that bad. <laughs> you know, he might have dropped some balls. He, you know, it's not you know Rivers, uh, Philip Rivers' first option, but he might be his, the second or third option depending on what you know play they run. Uh, Dontrell Inman in the later rounds could provide some value. Um, also, I, the old timer Antonio Gates. I think uh, you know. He's still, I still think he's Rivers' number one. So I, Hunter Henry's going to be there. But especially in the red zone, I think uh, Antonio Gates is, is going to be his, his target there. Yeah, don't forget about the old man yet. I've been trumpeting the, uh, you know, beeping the horn of the Hunter Henry bandwagon uh, for the last month or two on the show. But, I, you know, I got to realize, too, it's, it's one of those things where you need to kind of adjust based on what you're seeing, based on what you're hearing. And I think I've come around a little bit on Antonio Gates, and I think Hunter Henry's going a little bit too high in drafts, and Antonio Gates maybe going a little bit too low. Now, I would still take, I would still obviously draft Hen- Henry over Gates, but I think that you're going to see those ADPs tighten up a little bit uh, before we get to the main event in Vegas. Uh, Mark, we have uh, eh, roughly two minutes or so and I, and I want to give you uh, enough you know breathing time to answer this question but if there is a first round bust that you are avoiding in the early rounds of Kentucky or FFPC drafts this year who is it and then a sleeper uh, that you're targeting in the latter half of drafts uh, everywhere anywhere you can get this guy your sleeper and bust I don't necessarily think anybody in the first you know two or three rounds is going to be a bust. You really can't go wrong, especially in that first round. You'll, I mean, at least you expect production out of your first rounders. Um, your second rounders and, you know, around the third round, maybe you, you might get a little iffy. Uh, within those three rounds, I mean, not necessarily a bust, but I think we should expect some regression from a receiver in Seattle named Doug Baldwin. Um, he, uh, I mean, he had over 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns last, last season. Um, but that was when Russell Wilson had a leg injury and he wasn't, a, you know, he wasn't as mobile so he couldn't run around and get those rushing yards that he usually gets. Um, so he had to throw a lot more. Um, and, and the benefit or, you know, the, the recipient of those, you know, of his targets was Doug, Bal- Doug Baldwin. And I don't think he'll begin. I mean, I, I would still expect, you know, a thousand yards or so from him, um, at least 70 receptions. But I 
you know, I don't think he'll, he's, I wouldn't draft him that high. So that would, I don't, not a bust, but I would expect some regression from Doug Baldwin. As far as the sleeper in the later rounds, there's a guy. Uh, I took, I, t- I did a draft. I've been doing drafts like every day this week. <laughs> I even did a, I did an FFPC uh, $35 one this morning. There's a guy um, running back in Denver. And in that situation, you have C.J. Anderson and, and Devontae Booker. And Devontae Booker. Actually, Mark, hurt. you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there because this is a good okay. tease. We've got to take a break anyway, but this is a good tease leading into the second hour, who this uh, running back uh, is in Denver because you could go a lot, of way with, a lot of ways with this. Pause 10 for identification. Eric Walkman, Mark Salinas, Farrell Elliott, high-stakes fantasy football are coming back with our number two right after this. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, hour number two. I guess it's the HSFF hours now that we are on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, heard on terrestrial stations around North America, as well as the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can download us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, We uh, certainly appreciate you listening. We appreciate our guest tonight, Mark Salinas, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship champion uh, last year, the overall winner, $7,500, FFPC main event team, and the prestige that goes with uh, winning it. And of course, we were all rooting for you over Dave Gerzak anyway, so that was a win for everyone. (laughs) Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, joining us tonight as well. We got your bust before the break last hour. We, 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 you know, you talked about how Doug Baldwin, maybe this is finally the year that he doesn't top his previous season's numbers. He's basically topped it every single year. Uh, and uh, it, he had such a massive year last year, it's going to be tough to duplicate this year. So I think you're right as far as the regression goes. You teased a little bit what you're talking about as far as your sleeper this year. The Denver running back situation is something we're all paying attention to. There's a slew of guys there. There's C.J. Anderson. There's Jamal Charles, Devontae Booker, D'Angelo Henderson. There's a ton of guys there. Which one of those guys are you liking in the later rounds this year, Mark? Uh, yeah, before the break, I was referring to the FFPC 35 that I was in this morning, and this guy was not taken until the 28th round, which is the last round in the draft, and that was D'Angelo Henderson. Uh, if you watched um, the last Denver Bronco preseason game, he got a lot of work there, and he did pretty good. So if there's you know a later, later round shot in the dark, I would go in that, you know, the Denver running back situation, I would... I would go with D'Angelo Henderson. Yeah, Henderson is a guy that uh, I, 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 you know, it's weird because he was, what was he? Was, does it, either of you guys know, was he like a, he was like a sixth or a seventh round pick? He was super late in the draft, wasn't he? I believe he was. Buddy, I, don't, I won't leave you hanging there, but I, I don't, I don't know much about Henderson, but I, I do know a lot about the Denver Broncos uh, scouting department. They employ more college scouts than any team. Uh, in in the NFL, and they can find guys like that. Yeah, and and Henderson is a guy that I like. I said, I don't I don't know if I've read anything bad about him. Everything I've read about Henderson mm-hmm. has been glowing. Now, certainly, maybe that's because he was such a late round pick. Obviously, the expectations are lower, but there is an opportunity there, Mark. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there. Maybe not so much in a in a football guys draft or a twenty round Kentucky draft, but remember, there is the Kentucky Draft Masters that he will probably be taken in. He's been going uh, very very late in FFPC draft experts and best ball drafts as well. And this is a guy that. I mean, who knows? He could be 
the starting running back on this team as early as, you know, before October. We don't know. C.J. Anderson has been hurt a lot. Devontae Booker's already hurt. Jamal Charles, God only knows what they're injecting in his <laughs> knees, so he's able to walk on the field. I mean, who knows at this point? Uh, so it's, it's, it's a certainly a, a wide-open situation, uh, much more wide-open than I think a lot of people are giving it credit for. Uh, so Henderson, and obviously Henderson, I always like going with the cheapest guy. When I can't decide uh, which, which mm-hmm. share of a backfield or receiving core I like to go with, I usually go with the guy that's going to cost me the least, you know, that lower my risk, um, heighten my reward that way. So that's, that's probably the way I would be leaning. I haven't drafted Henderson or, or excuse me, Anderson or Charles or, or Booker anywhere this year. Uh, Henderson is probably the guy. Uh, we have the guys on the show tonight. Mark Salinas, Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship champion and the commissioner with me, Eric Balkman, here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And we are just getting underway here in hour number two. We have your emails coming up. We have a slew of preseason news coming up that these guys will help you break down for fantasy purposes. It's all previewing the KFFSC in Cincinnati and Louisville. Much more right after this. My name is Eric Balkman, and I have the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion uh, on the show tonight, Mark Salinas uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. You can follow him on Twitter at FF underscore Inferno. Check out all the, uh, the stuff that he can do for you from a fantasy perspective at FantasyFootballKing.com. And, of course, Farrell Elliott at KFFSC on Twitter. And we are previewing the big weekend in Cincinnati this weekend and then the big weekend in Louisville coming up for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Online stuff available as well. Uh, but hopefully you can get down to Louisville and draft. It's, it's going to be fun. I'm coming down from Wisconsin. Mark is flying in from uh, Las Vegas, so it is going to be a great time. I want to remind everybody, too, before I turn this into an entire promotion of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, I still would like you to to play in the FFPC. Mark is doing it. Farrell's doing it. All the cool kids are doing it. MyFFPC.com. Football Guys Players Championship is there. Best Balls Dynasty we still have going on as well, so check that out. Of course, the main event, fewer than 300 spots available there. Uh, If you want to get in, get in now, and we'll hook you up with a good deal at uh, Planet Hollywood as far as your room rates go. Uh, That is something that uh, we're very proud of. We're very excited. A lot of people are signing up for that this year uh, all that information at myffpc.com i want to uh to to uh thank football guys uh, roto world and of course our producer mutual friend rob for tonight's rundown here uh as we get into the uh, preseason news and uh let's you know we touched on this last week with the big ezekiel elliott six game suspension uh still reverberating uh if if that if i'm using that term correctly this week, mm-hmm. as uh, his ADP has been all over the place uh, over the last week, he's appealed his six-game suspension, according to uh, Adam Schefter's source. Uh, of course, this is a report on ESPN.com. Uh, he has uh, appealed it. The, the hearing has to be scheduled. I think they're, they've scheduled it um, on August, I want to say the 29th or 30th, something like that. Uh, so it could be reduced. Uh, maybe he fights it in the court system, and, and he doesn't get suspended at all, a la Tom Brady. Uh, what, what are we doing, Mark? And I'll pitch this question to you first. What are you doing with Ezekiel Elliott? He dropped all the way. I, I, I did see, I'd seen him in the FFPC going like the early to mid third round. Now he's all the way back up to a 203 ADP. What are you doing with Elliott at that spot? That spot, I'd probably let somebody else take him. Uh, but if he were to fall, if, if that suspension is upheld, if you were to fall, you know, to that fourth, fifth round, then I would start buying. And you know, I, I, again, since I draft for balance, balance, and you know, I'm pretty much safe in those first few rounds. I would, you know, still go for another, you know, running, running back one 
to cover for Zeke's absence. We hit, there's a there's a ton of, of running backs behind Elliott too as we look at uh, what this situation is going to be for Dallas if Elliott uh, is not back until uh, week eight because I, I think their bye week is is in there somewhere so he wouldn't be back until week eight. Uh, you look at uh, Alfred Morris, Darren McFadden, uh, Ronnie Hillman, uh, you know farting around back there in the Dallas backfield. McFadden currently going at the 911 spot. Alfred Morris going at the 1805 uh, in draft, so he's essentially free right now. Farrell, is there any value with these backup Cowboys running backs? Are you investing in ninth-round pick in McFadden? Are you taking a shot on Alfred Morris late? What are you doing if you, uh, if you uh, want to take a Cowboys running back not named Ezekiel Elliott? Well, fortunately, I don't have to make my final answer now because I'm, I really don't know. I think it's very I, – I can probably handle – the the question about what's going to happen in the draft, I think, in, and I think in the FFPC, that this player doesn't go any, despite whatever ruling we get, that this player doesn't go any further uh, than the middle of the third round. And I don't, in Kentucky, where we won't know, and it just lets everyone, uh, it lets everyone gamble without going into the casino, uh, we, we won't know until until after our <laughs> event is over. So we're we're in a situation where, you know, I don't play blackjack, but I understand third base always has some special duties. And I look at our guy that will be drafting third, and then again we come back around in the second round. And if Ezekiel Elliott is still on the board, everyone's going to stare at him and say, are you really going to let the, the one and two that my, most likely will have Johnson and Bell – are you really going to give that guy a chance at Ezekiel Elliott with the 23rd or the 24th pick overall? So I, I really think it's very interesting um, to see who's gambling the most. I sure wouldn't want to have a, a fantasy team uh, that I was competing against have two of those three running backs. Yeah, I, I think that's you hit the nail on the head there because it, with every pick – that he slips in the second round. There's going to be some shifting in the seats. There's going to be some looking around and, and, and that left <laughs> side of the table when everybody's looking over there, you know, there's going to be some head scratching, some, some pen tapping <laughs> papers will be shifting around uh, phones and tablets and, and PCs will, will be blowing up. So I think you're they're totally right because if somebody does get David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, if they can uh, make it until the championship round, man, that is quite the combo to have. We've, we've seen it happen year, year in and year out. If you're able to you know, get a, a, a stud running back in the first round uh, that stays healthy, that does not bust, which, again, that's easier, much easier said than done sometimes, and then you acquire one either off the waiver wire or you know, maybe one of your mid-round guys hits, if you have those two top ten guys in that championship week sprint, it always makes it uh, it's so compelling. Uh, to see how that team does, because it's usually pretty good. Uh, let's move on and talk about tight ends here, especially uh, the ones in Tampa, Mark. Uh, O.J. Howard uh, was reported, there was a report from Jenna Lane from ESPN.com this week uh, who said that uh, O.J. Howard is probably going to be more of a blocker 
in 2017 and not a receiver, at least early on in the season. This, this is a guy who was drafted super early in the NFL draft, a very talented tight end, didn't do a ton uh, in college unless basically he was playing in the national championship uh, against Clemson. Then he really crushed it. Uh, but you look at O.J. Howard uh, not being a pass catcher this year. I think that the ADP is starting to reflect this. And, and Mark, you can let me know what you think. But Cameron Brait in the 11th round in the FFPC makes a lot more sense to me than O.J. Howard, even though he is going in the 14th round. How are you handling those guys in your drafts? Yeah, I watched the uh, the Bucks versus Jaguars uh, preseason game yesterday, and even Luke Stocker got a reception in that game. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, I would just say I would probably avoid those tight ends. Um, historically, rookie tight ends don't do very well anyway in fantasy football, so I probably wouldn't even you know draft him. Um, I, I know Captain Cameron Brait. You know he did very well for some players last last season, but. I would probably stay away from those Buccaneer tight ends. Oh, Balky! Yeah, I, I think Balky and yeah. Mark. I want to. I want to get in business with these with these Tampa Bay Buck tight ends. I, uh, I I really love both these players, and I don't think that they drafted this glorious athlete in the first round to make him uh, to to assign him a job of blocking. I think we've got, and this is especially for the FFPC drafters. I think we've got a a unit that comes out uh, in 21 personnel quite often. Both these guys are going to be on the field. And this team was so successful working in the middle of the field last year. I thought the victim in chances would be Humphreys. He was very active in the preseason. And you talk about the team, guys, the team, the Tampa Bay Bucks In that game against the lowly Jags, but there's still competition. Uh, that team looks to me like to be in – mid-season form in the first exhibition game. I love what's going on down there, guys. Yeah, and, and I will say, Farrell, too, to, to um, compound that point, Jameis Winston, the quarterback in Tampa, you know, he's, he's, this is his third year in the league, so we've obviously seen what he can do as a pro. But he, he made Cameron Brait very, very good last year. Cameron Brait had a very good season, and Jameis Winston was targeting him. He was throwing to him. And this is a guy who made uh, his tight end when he was at Florida State a very special player as well. I mean, he, he, he looks towards the tight end. He did in college. He's doing it again in the pros. Now he's going to have two great options there too. Uh, the fact that you can get a guy who was a borderline top 12 tight end in the FFPC in the 11th round right now, uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, there's also something to be said for getting a guy like O.J. Howard, who is super talented, who may not start off the season as a big-time pass catcher, but could come on as the season goes on. Get him in the 14th round. You're not drafting your starting tight end in the 14th round. At least I hope you're not in the FFPC. No. Um, but you, you're not, you could sit him on your bench for a few weeks and, and wait, to him, wait for him to get involved in that offense, too. So I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth right now, but there is something to be said for that. Uh, even if you don't want to um, to look at uh, a, a Tampa Bay tight end early, because uh, they're not going early. Farrell, uh, let's. Um, we got about a minute here, and I, I don't. I, I feel like I always abuse you on the show because I always get all my Raiders info from you. And the next guy I want to talk about is Amari Cooper. Finally returns to the practice field this week. This is a guy who's going at the end of the second round, usually in both Kentucky and, uh, well, mid-second, mid late-second FFPC in Kentucky. Uh, what, what's your thoughts uh, on, uh, on Amari Cooper this year? Um, and I, I feel bad because they're coming right up on a break. But give us, give, us your, give us your best 30 seconds on Amari Cooper. 
My best 30 seconds on Amari Cooper is he is a wonderful athlete playing with a lot of mouths to feed. And they are the way they're using him, he is not a second-round pick. Uh, he's a third-round fantasy pick. If you draft him in the second round, you're paying too much for him. Ah, oh, that's interesting. I, I drafted him once already this year, and, and I, I haven't felt great about it. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, mm-hmm. that I start feeling better about it soon, but I, I, I think you're right. I don't know how many times, many more times I'm going to take him in the second round. Uh, I know that we are going to be talking to Mark Salinas and Farrell Elliott right after this. Much more on our Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Preview episode. Eric Balkman on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is what you are listening to, more specifically the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman, joined by the KFFSC overall champ Mark Salinas and the commissioner, Farrell Elliott. We are breaking down the preseason news, uh, helping you uh, hopefully prep for your Kentucky drafts and FFPC drafts properly. Mark, I'm going to pitch this back to you. Philadelphia Daily News, Paul Domowicz. Uh, says that Darren Sproles probably going to be used less as a runner this season, more as a receiver after LeGarrette Blount uh, was edited in the offseason. Blount, who, uh, you know, the reports lately uh, have not exactly been glowing about him uh, in the preseason. But you look at Sproles, uh, he is the pass catcher. What we, uh, we always like the pass catching running backs in these PPR formats. He has uh, uh, DJ Pumphrey, Donnell Pumphrey there to, to compete with, but that guy is still a rookie. You look at this Eagles breakdown here, LeGarrette Blunt going at the 810, Darren Sproles at the 1207. I want to talk to you about Sproles specifically. Is that a guy, as Farrell would like to say, is that a guy you want to be in business with in the 12th round? Yes, sir. Uh, especially 12th or later. Uh, I think he would last until later as he's, you know, he's on the older side and, you know, people tend to draft, you know, on the younger side, but he's getting up there in age. Still skilled, though. But I do like Donnell Pumphrey a lot. Uh, being out here on the West, I watch a lot of uh, uh, Mountain West football. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey is the leading rusher in NCAA history. Um, he's very dynamic as well. I watched the uh, Eagles preseason game yesterday as well. Uh, they had him uh, returning kicks and, and punts. I forget which one, kicks or punts, but he was back there returning. So he gives you, you know, that extra dimension. Um, so that, uh, he's small and light, which it, it doesn't – it says that he can't take that punishment uh, in the NFL, but he's pretty dynamic. He's fast. He's speedy. He's quick. Um, I think he will be a, a very good, very functional NFL player, a la Darren Sproles, uh, if Sproles is not there anymore. So I like Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah, Pumphrey and Sproles, I mean, whoever is in that role, I think that is the, the, whoever it is, they're going to outperform their, their draft uh, spot because both those guys are being drafted uh, on a hedge essentially right now. If, you believe, if you're a believer in Sproles, you probably take him before the 12th round. If you're a believer in Pumphrey, you're definitely taking him earlier than where he's going. And a lot of times in 20 rounders, he's not going at all. So uh, that's a situation we're paying attention to for sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, Jordan Matthews, the guy who just recently was traded from those Eagles to the Buffalo Bills. Mike Rodick of ESPN said that he actually had a uh, chip fracture in his sternum in his very first uh, practice with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Certainly a, a very ominous sign and, and such a Buffalo thing to happen too, by the way. Uh, the, the Bills have uh, traded Sammy Watkins. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, he was never able to stay on the field for a guy in uh, Jordan Matthews who is not on the field right now. So you look at Jordan Matthews, Farrell, I, I said this, uh, I think on last week's show, I expected his ADP to rise uh, given that 
He, he instead yeah. of competing yeah. with uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and Torrey Smith, he's competing with Anquan Bolden, Charles Clay, and, and Zay Jones. I thought his ADP would rise. Really hasn't. He, Jordan Matthews no, still after, going at the 11.01. Yeah, after you see Zay Jones, you don't want to see anyone, or you don't really want to have anything else to do with with other uh, Buffalo receivers because Jones uh, athletically fantastic, and now the whole nation can see that. If he had played at a bigger college, uh, you know he would be one of the he would be one of the top uh, wide receivers. He would have gone much earlier in the draft, and then he would be uh, sought of sought after very quickly in all these dynasty drafts. Zay Jones, excellent ball player. I don't have any excitement for Matthews, and unfortunately now he's hurt. He could be a big, big number, a big a big catch uh, player. But I think we need in fantasy football. And, and and you guys might be able to comment on this as well, but I think we need to redefine exactly what big catches are. Farrell, are you still with us? Because, yeah. Um, Apparently not. All right, Farrell, go ahead and uh, and give us a call back here because uh, I, I really want to uh, to hear what to, <laughs> I, I hate when we drop calls because it's always at the point where I'm left hanging like, oh, what's the next thing that he's going to say? What's the analysis? And then uh, our, our you know, software or switchboard or whatever technical difficulties, as it were, uh, screws up and we lose the call. Um, but anyway, uh, Jordan Matthews is certainly uh, a guy, as I stated earlier, I thought that he was going to um, be rising. And, and maybe I'm just a big Jordan Matthews fan. And uh, the fact that uh, – uh, he is not rising makes me uh, it, it gives me pause. And, and this is something that uh, I think you always need to be um, cognizant of is, is don't fall. I mean, go and get your guys, but don't fall in love blindly. Chances are, if you love a guy and you can't find anybody else who is on board with them, uh, you may want to rethink that position. I will let Farrell Elliott no, finish Eric, his thoughts on, on Jordan Matthews now. Farrell, take it away. Oh, here I am. Okay, guys. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to repeat myself. Don't I apparently. don't know where I left this, off. This, I mean, Mark, are you still with us? Man. Yes, sir. We don't know Mark either. Hello? Hello? Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I guess I'm talking to myself right now. So I guys, will, have, I can uh, hear I will you both. ask Mark and Farrell uh, to both give us a call back. I'm not sure what happened there uh, as, as far as uh, – as far as the switchboard goes, but hopefully they can both uh, give us a buzz back here uh, and uh, finish out the the last uh, half hour of the show. Uh, So I am not talking to myself for 30 minutes, but but that's my thought. I'll just sum this up with Jordan Matthews. I I probably will be not targeting him him as much as I was earlier, especially for a big-time pass-catching receiver there, Uh, but I probably uh, will still look at him if he's available in the 11th round. I believe we have Mark back now. Mark, are you with us? Yes, sir. Hello, hello. I sincerely apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know oh, if uh, if you can hear them, but I certainly can't. I'm going to try one other thing here. Mark, go ahead, uh, go ahead and let me know if you can hear me. Yes, I can. Hello, hello. Apparently not. I can so hear. So frustrating. So <laughs> incredibly frustrating. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I will. Uh, I will. Tr- we'll keep trying uh, to get them uh, to get them back on the air. Uh, but in the meantime, I will try to uh, to handle uh, these emails as best as I can, uh, as you have so dutifully sent them into uh, to us tonight. So the Kentucky preview episode will just be me 
uh, at least for the uh, foreseeable future here. I will uh, kick things off with, uh, let's see, this is Alex in somewhere in Georgia. I can't read it because it got cut off uh, on the printer. Uh, Alex in Georgia, he writes, are you guys worried at all about Devontae Freeman's concussion? Is it reason enough to take some other stud at the one-two turn? Thanks so much. That is Alex uh, in Georgia. And, and Devontae Freeman is going at the 110 right now. Uh, he is a, a player that I, you know, for, for looking at a running back in the first round, I think you can do a lot worse than a guy like Freeman who has been uh, just elite the last two seasons in the NFL. And for whatever reason, he is uh, not going until the 110 uh, this year behind guys like uh, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, uh, all going ahead of Ezekiel Elliott in some cases still going ahead of him as well guys I I know I have you both back on right now I don't know if uh, if you're able to hear me but uh, go ahead and, and give me your thoughts on Devontae Freeman and his concussion Hello, Hello, can you hear me? Oh, hear me and it's Hello. crickets again <laughs> well I'll tell you what I'll just I'll keep you guys on I don't know if you can hear me or not uh, but I will keep you on for right now, and uh, if, uh, if if something happens and, and somehow you're able to uh, to uh, to hear, uh, then feel free to to pop in. But anyway, my point about Devontae Freeman, uh, yes, I do like him in, at the 110. The concussion, you know, it scares me a little bit. But when you're talking about targeting a running back in at the end of the first round, I have my reservations about Melvin Gordon. I still like Freeman better. I don't think the concussion is a huge deal. If you are a little bit more risk adverse, uh, if you're a guy who um, wants more safety uh, in the first round, then yeah, I mean, take the healthier guy. But I still think based on what I know about Devontae Freeman and his concussion right now, I am still leaning towards taking Devontae Freeman as a uh, late first round pick. And I'm probably going to do that in Kentucky, by the way, if I, if I, you know, bid on that uh, nine, 10, 11 spot or what have you, I will probably be targeting Devontae Freeman there and then probably a receiver in the second round. So that is my thought on uh, Devontae Freeman. Um, be bold, go ahead and draft him. Uh, unless we hear, you know, news that this concussion is, is worse. The, obviously the longer it lingers, uh, then I'm going to, you know, it's going to give me pause, but I will say that based on what I know right now, I think he makes a good uh, late round pick or late first round pick. All right. Rob's telling me I got to hurry up here. Next email, Jesse in North Sacramento, California for a guy who had numerous foot and ankle injuries in college. Why aren't more people concerned about Leonard Fournette's newest foot injury that has him out of action? Uh, This is a good point. Now this is, I, I actually read today, that uh, and I can't remember who said this. I, I think it was Doug Marone or, or somebody in the coaching staff clarified and said that this was actually not a, an ankle injury. This is not a foot injury. It was a toe injury. Well, that's good in the fact that it wasn't one of the injuries that he had in college that gave him so many problems, but it's also bad because you never want to have a running back with a toe injury. I mean, that's just like nails on the chalkboard when I hear that. I was a big believer in Leonard Fournette earlier in the season. Now, granted, this is when he was going later in drafts as well. This is not when he was going you know, at that 2-3 turn, which it seems like he's consistently going uh, right now. Fournette uh, currently going at the 302 in uh, football guys' drafts right now. So, I, I you know, I'm not uh, a huge fan of, of, uh, of him right there right now. This, I, I think you do need to be paying attention to these injuries because they can add up. And not only that, not just the injury. Jacksonville, the offense is in disarray right now. I mean, Blake Bortles could be benched. This could be a Chad 
Kenny-led offense. Uh, this is a team that really wants to run the football, and I don't know if they're going to be able to this year. I don't know if they're going to be able to consistently do that. I think this is a team, uh, like a lot of teams, that they always say in the, in the preseason, we want to run the ball this year. This is the year we're, we're going to win with running and defense. We're going to win every game, you know, 13-10 uh, to 10 or what have you, and that's how we're going to get to the playoffs and, and go on our march there. It, it's totally easier said than done it happens every single year I don't think this is any different I think Jacksonville is a team that uh, does not have a very good season I think they are playing from behind a lot and that kind of takes out uh, Leonard Fournette uh, the best things about him from the game plan we have seen that he can catch passes and he has looked good doing it Um, but I think TJ Yeldon is a guy that is going to be taking away uh, some of uh, his looks there, uh, too. You can get that guy super late. Yellen, I think, is underrated right now. Uh, what's not underrated is uh, this show, hopefully, and we're going to have much more after this. Much more of your emails. I have so many to get to. I'll try not to, to ramble too much. You are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman joining you here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour uh, joining, uh, we had Mark Salinas on earlier. We had Farrell Elliott on earlier. We're having some technical difficulties trying to get them back on. I do apologize. Uh, we want to get them back on. I don't know if it's going to happen for the rest of the show, but rest assured, I will do my best to answer all of, uh, all of your emails or all of them that I can get to tonight. Uh, in our Kentucky preview episode, we typically get more emails. Uh, and when we're drafting live, uh, in Louisville next weekend, we're, we're going to be broadcasting the show there as well as at the Horseshoe Casino, and we always get a ton of emails in then. So I will, and we're going to announce our ascendant next week, bearing the lead. We're going to announce the 2017 HSFF our ascendant, the guy that we see jumping up draft boards the most as we head into the FFPC main event weekend um, uh, for week one at the uh, Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino, uh, where all drafts will be held. Uh, before we get to that, we do have Kentucky in, in uh, coming up. We have Cincinnati this weekend. We have Louisville next weekend. So a very, very fun time to be a fantasy football fan. Let's uh, move on and uh, do the next email here. This is from Jamie and Selena, Kansas. I believe it's Selena. Uh, writes, Dear Whiskey, Louisville, and Vegas. I assume I'm Whiskey. I've done a bunch of FFPC 35 sats this season. Find myself using the Gerzak crappy tight end strategy, but sometimes I'm left with Julius Thomas as my number one tight end. Should I be worried? Am I waiting too long? Good luck to each of you this year. That is Jamie in uh, Salina, Kansas. Uh, I, would, I would say the short answer is yes, you are waiting too long. Julius Thomas is going as the 18th uh, player off, or excuse me, 18th tight end off the board in FFPC drafts going at the uh, end of the 12th. So I think you are waiting too long. Julius Thomas is a guy that I've never been super excited about. I think the fact that he comes back to Adam Gase this year where he enjoyed so much success when Gase was the OC in Denver. Uh, I I think there is something there. However, I think you also have to remember that was a Peyton Manning throwing him the football and not, um, you know, Jay Cutler, which it will be this year. So you look at um, what, uh, what Julius Thomas brings to the table and it's not a ton. I think that if you are waiting on a tight end, you probably want to hit your second one before Julius Thomas in the FFPC. Kentucky, it's a little bit different. I'd be fine with Julius Thomas as my backup tight end in Kentucky. But I think if you're waiting on tight ends, 
Uh, you don't want to make Julius Thomas your starter for sure. And I don't even know if you want to make him your backup. You look at guys that are going ahead of Julius Thomas uh, in FFPC drafts right now. Much rather have Austin Hooper. Cameron Brait, you heard Farrell Elliott uh, wax ecstatic on him. He's a big fan of Brait this year. Jason Witten still um, going to be a crucial part in that Dallas offense, especially if Elliott is suspended. Uh, you have Jack Doyle, who uh, you know looks like he'll be taking on a bigger role if Eric Swope's uh, knee surgery knocks him out further. I think we have another email about that. Eric Ebron hurt right now, but still a guy uh, that can be a big-time breakout candidate. We've seen him drafted as such in the FFPC so far, so he's a guy that you really need to look at uh, you know, much earlier uh, than Julius Thomas. So I'm not super comfy with Julius Thomas as my number one tight end, not for that comfy with him as my number two tight end in FFPC format. Do we have Mark and Farrell back on? Can you hear me? Yes, Hello? Mark, Hello? I have you. All right. Yes, Mark, can you hear me? All right, excellent. Yes, Perfect. Sir. So we have Mark Salinas back, the 2016 Kentucky Fantasy Football Overall Championship. I do apologize for the technical difficulties there. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, but as long as you're here, why not help me answer some emails? Uh, and uh, we'll move on and talk to Joe in Asheville, North Carolina. He writes, hi, Mark Farrell and Balky. It's pretty clear that Blake Bortles is going to lose his job sooner rather than later, but he targeted Allen Robinson a ton tonight. Uh, this is apparently email came in last night. Are you guys bumping Robinson up knowing that Jacksonville is simply not good enough to be involved in a lot of garbage time? It's simply not good enough and will be involved in a lot of garbage time again this season. That is Joe in Asheville, North Carolina. Thanks for the email, uh, Joe. You watched the game last night, Mark. Uh, certainly Blake Bortles was underwhelming, but it was comforting that Allen Robinson was targeted quite a bit. Yes. Uh, the thing we got to remember as well, he's in a contract year. So they're going well, he's going to want to, you know, showcase himself what he can do um, perhaps for another, another team. Um, I don't think we should be bumping him up right now. Uh, he's getting drafted around the third round, which I think is, is about right, depending on that uh, quarterback situation. If Henny's going to be in there, he's not really good as well. So at third round, I think that's just about right for now. Yeah, I would say in, in Kentucky, you probably do have to sink a third-round pick uh, into getting him. In the FFPC, he's going at, over the last five days, he's going at the 405. That's probably going to... Uh, bump up given how many targets he saw last night uh, you know even if it's a slight bump you're still talking about a late third round pick in the FFPC so he's a guy definitely to pay attention to I know uh, Travis Cox uh, a guy that we will be seeing in Louisville in a couple weeks of course in the fantasy fuss podcast he is uh, a big Allen Robinson uh, guy this year and he's won a lot of money so you know trust him or I, I trust his judgment too that uh, Robinson is in for a uh, bounce back. Let's move on to John in Daytona Beach, Florida. Do you guys think Jordan Reed actually broke his foot? And how concerned are you about his draft value right now with this injury stuff going on? Love the show. That is John in Daytona Beach, uh, Florida. Thank you, John. We love when you send in emails. Uh, Jordan Reed going at the 312 in FFPC drafts right now. So, Mark, we saw earlier this week Jordan Reed talking to reporters, uh, mentioning a fracture in his foot. This is not good. This, none, of, none of this stuff that's coming out about Jordan Reed having to have these orthotics in his shoes, the fact that he may or may not have broken his foot, I am staying away. I'm finding a better use for my third-round pick this year. And, you know, Eric, this, this happens every year with Jordan Reed, isn't it? It always happens that he's injured with something, whether it's a concussion or an ankle or something like that, or, you know, he had a headache or, <laughs> I don't know, or, you know, common cold, whatever. But we always have to worry about injury with that guy, and I try to stay with him, uh, staying not with him, away from him as well. 
Um, but, you know, that few years ago where I did take him in that ninth round, you know, he won me a few leagues. Uh, if he's in there, then he he's money. He will win you that championship if he if he's actually healthy. That's an excellent point about Jordan Reed because that literally the only year I ever owned him is when you could get him in the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round or whatever it was. And I wasn't even drafting him as my starter. I was drafting him as a backup, and then he ended up crushing it and obviously starting uh, for me the rest of the season. But you're right. I mean, it's one of those things. And, Mark, I don't know if you subscribe to this theory, but he's the type of guy where if I draft him and he stinks – uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I will never stop kicking myself over. You know, what was I thinking? I didn't like this guy. I saw the red flags in the preseason. What was I doing? You know, or the flip side, what if I don't take him and he ends up crushing it? I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever. I never felt good about this guy. Uh, he could still go down if we're, if he's, you know, the number one tight end after four or five weeks, he's still got quite a bit of NFL season left to go. He could still go down. It's not like that injury risk goes <laughs> yeah. away, even if he's having a great September. So, I mean, I look at it from the standpoint, if I don't take him and he ends up crushing it, I'll be like, you know what? I'm fine with that. I, I made my call. He wasn't a guy. He wasn't one of my guys. I didn't want to get him. I, I'll make my peace with him having a great year. Uh, even if he's not on my team. Yeah. And you could pretty much say the same thing about Jimmy Graham as well. He's, He's not a spring chicken. He's, you know, 30 or over, I think. Had a great season last year, but I'm really, you know, cautious about him as well. So those tight ends in that, in that range there after Kelsey and Gronk, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of confidence, and I think you're just rolling the dice. It, it might be one of those things this year where if you don't get Kelsey or Gronk, and, and you could probably throw Greg Olson in there just because he doesn't have the, the history. I mean, he's kind of getting old too, but he doesn't have the – you know, the microfracture surgery that Graham had. He doesn't have the litany of issues that Reed has. Uh, but if you don't get one of those elite tight ends this year, Mark, it might just be better off. You might just be better off waiting uh, and grabbing like the eighth, ninth, or tenth guy off the board and, and packing on some running backs and receivers in the meantime. Yeah, i.e. Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates. I think you'd be just fine with them as well. Let's uh, go to another email here. This is from Kevin in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, no one is getting anyone solid at running back in the double-digit rounds, but do you guys have a favorite lottery ticket or backup running back that you like after round 10? That is Kevin in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thank you for the email, Kevin. Uh, I'm, I'm curious as, as to yours, Mark. Uh, I, I can't remember what running backs you took after round 10 in, in the draft we did earlier this week, uh, but who are some of your favorite uh, lotto, you know, quote unquote lotto ticket running backs that you can get in the double digit rounds this year. Well, we mentioned uh, Danelle Pumphrey, and I forgot the other one we were talking about earlier. Uh, but I, I, I do lean Darren toward Sproul. those third. Yes, Darren Sproles. Um, I do lean to, toward those third down um, gap back uh, types in the later rounds, like Sproles, Pumphrey. Um, Shane Vereen is probably a good one this year as well. But yeah, I I, yes. I I lean toward those running backs that um, that catch a lot of passes in the uh, double digit double digit rounds. I, uh, I I'm using FFPC ADP, but CJ Procise is a guy I like at the 1104. He's a guy that uh, I I uh, you know like to uh, to have on some squads. Uh, Jamal Williams, the number two running back for the Packers. I was actually talking to my dad tonight. Uh, and we're, you know, I was obviously live in Northeast Wisconsin, so we follow the Packers closely. And I said, you know, Ty Montgomery's not playing in the game tomorrow against Washington. Jamal Williams is going to start. He's probably going to get a lot of action with the starters. He has a real chance to make a name for himself and, and stake his claim to maybe having that starting job or maybe at a minimum 
uh, at least, you know, getting, making it more of a timeshare with Montgomery. Uh, so I am definitely going to be watching that game purely for that aspect alone, because I think it bears watching. There's been a lot of positive stuff coming out about Jamal Williams and now Ty Montgomery missing that uh, game because of uh, the soft tissue issue uh, or whatever it was. Uh, so certainly that's a, a guy I will be paying attention to. Uh, Jonathan Williams, Charles Sims, Alvin Kamara, I think are all guys that uh, you can get in the 14th round or later. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier you have to take them in Kentucky, but those are all guys uh, I like as well. Uh, let's slam in. Can we slam in one more? Uh, yeah, let's do one more email before the break here. Uh, I'll give you 30 seconds uh, on this one, Mark. Happy drafting season, guys. How likely are you to be drafting Mike Gillisley on your teams this year, given his current depth chart standing and injury status, TIA, that has been in Pittsburgh, PA? So Gillisley going at the 710 of FFPC drafts. Uh, uh, 30 seconds on him, Mark. Yeah, I, again, earlier this summer, late spring, I did love Gillisley when he first signed with the uh, Patriots. Um, but he got hurt. And now we're reading that you know, Rex Burkhead has taken – a lot of the, the carries, goal line carries, um, they're counting him as a, as a true three down back. Um, so I would wait on Gillisley and probably bump up Burkhead there. Um, yeah, the let, I want to uh, talk about Rex. We got to get to a break, but let's talk about Rex Burkhead right after this. The HSFFO are on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman, Mark Salinas, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall champion from last year here on the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Mark, we were talking about um, uh, not Rex Burkhead we weren't talking about before the break, talking about Mike Gillisley before the break. You liked uh, Rex Burkhead this year and the fact that he is still going so late. Uh, he screams a buy, like a buy, buy now, uh, because he could pay off big-time dividends this year. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, he uh, Belichick likes him. Uh, pretty cut and dry there. He likes him. He's going to give him the work. There's other running backs there as well. That I mean, that Quagmire running back. I mean, it's not just Gillisley and and Burkhead. You still have Deion Lewis. You still have James White. So I mean, we really can't tell until we actually we see him play. <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna score all the fantasy points for the running backs on that team? Um, but I do like Burkhead in, in you know, those later rounds. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a guy that is, I mean, he's not going to be the ascendant because he's going super late, but the longer Gillis Lee is number three on that depth chart, the longer that he misses time with an injury, the higher Rex Burkhead is going to rise in drafts too. So he is definitely a guy to pay attention to. And a guy to pay attention to at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship this year has been uh, my guest tonight, Mark Salinas. Mark, I am so gracious uh, for you coming on the show tonight. This has been a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I can't wait to actually meet you in person in Louisville uh, in a couple of weeks or in, essentially in one week. One week from now, we'll be in Louisville uh, drafting in the KFFSC. I want to thank you for coming on. Congratulate you on your title last year. Best of luck to you on uh, defending it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon again, man. Thanks for joining the show tonight. Yeah, thanks. You know, thanks for the opportunity, and I'll see everybody in Louisville next week. Fantastic. Uh, Mark Salinas, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, follow him on Twitter at FF underscore Inferno. Check out his work if you want to subscribe. Uh, Fantasy Football King is where to go on that, and certainly he knows what he's talking about. He's got the resume. Check it out. Uh, definitely well worth it. So that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for our show tonight. I apologize 
not only A, for the technical difficulties we had with, uh, with Farrell and Mark Salinas, uh, but I want to apologize for all the emails we didn't get to. We will get to those emails next week. We will save them, at least the ones that are not time sensitive, and we will bring them to you next week when we are broadcasting live in Louisville at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. It is the essentially the opening event. Myself and Dave Gerzak will be broadcasting live. Who knows who's going to show up? We'll try to get some live guests that are drafting uh, that uh, weekend as well to pop on the show. We will obviously be announcing the Ascendant as well. This is going to be huge, people. Uh, maybe it won't be. I don't know. I might be building it up. Dave and I uh, have not really zeroed in on a player yet. I think this is the latest that we, we haven't really made up our minds on it. Uh, so we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to have some discussions this week when, he, uh, when he's back in the studio and uh, talk about who the Ascendant will be. Uh, special show note. Next week. We will not be on at 10-9 Central because Dave and I, amongst others, will be participating in the KFFSC auction that night. So we will not be on at 10-9 Central. We will actually be on at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central this coming Friday. It is an early show, uh, so do not miss it. It will be essentially our last live show that we do before the live events in uh, Vegas. We have the Labor Day Draftathon, of course, coming up the following week. So it is always a harrowing time uh, to be doing shows, so we will not be doing uh, sh- live shows after next weekend uh, for the next two weeks, and we'll be back uh, right after Vegas. So it'll be uh, definitely a great time will be had by all. So that is going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and I gentlemen. Got, I, I wanted to I thank Farrell Elliott. I want to thank Mark Salinas, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, and of course, all of you. Follow Farrell on Twitter at KFFSC and sign up for those leagues at KFFSC.com. Give Farrell a buzz if you want to get in at FF underscore internal fantasy football king at KFFSC, KFFSC.com. Make those Planet Hollywood reservations. They will be back next week. We send it to Mike Blewett, George Kirk on the Roto Action Show up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Your weekend officially starts This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, yo, I'm on